You are listening to Urban Alchemy 360 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Urban Alchemy 360 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. You are now tuned in to UA360 Radio. UrbanAlchemy360.com You are listening to Urban Alchemy 360. You know, there is nothing I love more than to roll a joint, have a great cup of coffee, and speak to some fantastic people and listen to some great music. So I think we're going to do that now. By the way, we've already started the show. (laughs) Our guest today is Heath Martin, uh, actor, voiceover artist. I'll give you a little snippet of his work, and uh, we'll be right back. Broadway to hip hop and every genre in between. Whatever your mood or your jam, Spotify it. What if we were entering into a new time? A time when the very systems of control and commerce that we had believed to be the status quo were somehow no longer relevant. You are listening what to if we Urban were faced with a new media, a new network, a new system that connected the people and places of the world. In a new way. Urban Alchemy 360. What if that system is So much more to give. 
know you don't mean it When you say that you don't need it I understand that you've been mistreated That you got down, girl, I promise you will need it I don't mind telling you, you know, that's shows like this and you let that let that breathe and let it in. Oh, one of the great things about doing shows like this is getting to to um, first of all, getting to know great original music, but more importantly, getting to talk to people who normally don't get uh, a spotlight and uh, but really absolutely should. And our next guest is absolutely no exception. Uh, he was born. Actually, let me tell you a little about him. He was born a poor black child in Mississippi, and uh, soon he headed north to St. Louis to find himself. And after getting various jobs at a gas station, even joining a circus at one time, he eventually invented the Optograb. Let, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Wrong script. <clears throat> He's actually been a performer since he could utter his first words, entertaining friends and family. He's been an accomplished gospel and R&B singer affiliated with both major and independent labels. But after a lifetime of chasing and living on that musical road, he changed his focus to stage, to film, and to voice acting. And he's booking quite regularly now, and, and we wish him all the best of luck in his career to even grow further. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to someone I've known for a long time, and I'm honored to be a friend of his, Keith Martin. <laughs> Wow, what an introduction, man. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> you know, it's been a minute since I listened to that record. I still love it. <laughs> a lot of your work I, I saw brings back like that the 90s, obviously, that yeah. R&B vibe, that R&B feel. The song itself is quality. The voice, the voice sounds fantastic. And what label was that on? That was on uh, Rider Music Group. My boy, my co-producer, my co-writer, my my friend, my partner, Taiwan Peavy, um, he kind of pulled me out of obscurity and and helped me get back on the musical horse, but I'm sure we'll get into all that. At, yeah. a, time when, at a time when I wasn't trying to do anything musically, I, I was kind of bummed out about everything, and um, he resuscitated me, if you will. Wow. And we put that together, man, and I couldn't be more proud of the project. So I wanted for the for the people that don't know you, you are an up and coming uh, voice actor. You've done a lot of work in theater now, but let's go back to the beginning, even before say R and B and and music. Tell me more about your background, though. Well, grow. I grew up in a small town in Oregon called Corvallis. Uh, that's where the Oregon State Beavers are from. It's hella small, but it was, it, but it's home, but it's home. I grew up in Corvallis, Oregon until I was about 13, and then I moved uh, to California and some other places. But I never really quite felt like I fit in. I played sports, and so I had my, I had my jock click or whatever, mm -hmm. and I was into, you know, some of the things we always talk about, all that nerd shit that I was into, superheroes, comic books, D&D. Uh, but back then, it wasn't really socially acceptable to be into a lot of that. So yeah. you kind of had to do it on the low. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I never really felt at home. And music gave me a place to just fit in. Uh, it, it, it granted me the ability to talk to people that I wouldn't normally, that I'd be normally too shy to speak to or to, to approach. Uh, it opened avenues for me artistically and creatively and at, at times when life wasn't wasn't great, 
it gave me a getaway. It gave me an outlet. It gave me a, a hideout. And um, you say life I, when life wasn't great. It. What does that mean? Um, I I come from a large family, a family of we had six kids. Uh, three of us adopted, and our, our adopted mother who took care of us was doing it alone. Um, so let me go all the way back because there's so much to this story that's not going to be understood if I don't actually get to the root of it. When I was a baby, my birth mother was killed. And my grandfather, my, my biological grandfather and his wife were fairly involved in our lives at the time. But my, my, my grandfather's wife wanted to adopt me, my brother, and my sister. Um, and my grandfather was kind of opposed to it at first, but he ended up going along, which is bizarre in itself. Uh, a woman that had no claim to us or no reason to feel wow. any sort of, of, uh, reason to take care of us, stepped, stepped up to the plate and took care of us when we were going to be wards of the state and, uh, kept us together. Uh, but you know, when I was a preteen teenager living in Corvallis and my brother went off to job corps, my sister was married and gone. Uh, it was just me for, for most of the time. And granted I was the baby of the bunch. So I was probably more spoiled than anyone of the kids as spoiled as you could be with a single mother taking care of six kids. I mean, spoiled with, with love and, and right, uh, right, right. the emotional content is what I mean. Um, but it's still, I always felt like something was missing. Um, so I tried to find solace in, in doing the wrong type of stuff. You know what I mean? Gangs and, and bad influences and uh, just a whole bunch of bad decisions that led me to a place in my life where I had to make a choice. Yeah, I had, I had exhibited some talent, but I hadn't developed it. I was probably, yeah, I was 13 or so at the time. And I went to Chicago one summer to, uh, to pursue music and to see what the world had to offer. Mm. And I ended up getting involved with some real bad cats. And my big, my big uh, mentor of the clique basically told me that yeah, I had to make a choice. I could stay here and keep living this life and, and you know, I'd be part of that family. But I had something else to offer the world. And he told me right then and there, he was like, if I was you, I would go back to Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. I'd start working on that music full time. Just, just, just do it. Otherwise, you end up dead or in jail or, or you know, it, this road don't end anywhere good is what mm -hmm. it was trying to tell me. So that's what I did. I started focusing on the music. Uh, I got into church and started singing gospel and just tried to change things around best mm -hmm. I could. What has been the hindrance you think maybe in breaking through into a national or, or worldwide audience? For There's you? probably so many factors, Milan. Uh, back in the '90s, and, and you know, and you mentioned earlier that the song gave you that vibe. That was completely intentional. I don't think that R&B has been the same prior to or since the '90s. I think that was the best era of R&B music, in my opinion. Um, yeah. my humble opinion because I know my opinion don't really amount to shit but you know what I'm trying to tell <laughs> no I get it I get it 100% but, um, the 100%. catalyst yeah I don't, what was the question again I'm sorry I got lost in the <laughs> well, what got, what made you um, well, what were some of the hindrances in getting Hindrance, your music right. out and, I think that there were multiple factors primarily early on a major factor was my location uh, nobody was coming out of Corvallis, Oregon. Just, I mean, but how, how far is that from Seattle? From Seattle, it's about five hours or so. Five so hours it's south more of Seattle. Grunge of you know that yeah, that, that came two came hours south harder. of Portland, and and Portland was heavy grunge. So was Seattle. Um, the, in fact, the entire Pacific Northwest was heavy grunge and rock based, and. Though that's not an excuse, though, because there's always some kind of an outlet. So I would do yeah. clubs and I would do performances and I would find my my musical tribe, as it were. But early on, there were a lot of factors like uh, nobody was no white kids were singing like I was singing. So uh, yeah, but I know but the church a, loved it. 
well, yeah, the church loved the church embraced it and loved it, and I was able to do a lot of things and grow uh, artistically and spiritually at the same time. Mm. I owe a lot of uh, who I am as a man today for that upbringing because it taught me values, and it you know, regardless of the you know what you believe, right? Right. Certain things are are universal. How you treat people, how you live your life with gratitude, how you how you try to be of service, um, and those are the values that I picked up, and those are the values that I held on to. But as from a selling point, no one knew how to market me because mm. there wasn't anything like me. And then when you know a little later was when John B came out, and. Uh, they tried to put me in that category, but John B was a, 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 a different type, a different type of R&B singer. Right. He was more on the side of R&B that lends to pop. And I was more on the side of R&B that lends to street hustle and, and uh, real urban living, I guess. Uh, a lot of the things that I picked up in Chicago and Inglewood and places that I lived. my grandmother lived in Inglewood, California. And I went out there and stayed with her for a long time. Uh, because I felt more at home in an inner urban, uh, in an urban inner city than I did in a suburb or in a college town or in a, uh, yeah, in a college town, which is what Corvallis is essentially, um, plus some pretty bad elements and some drug use and some things that, you know, it's just a whole lot of things going on, man, right, that, right. Lent to, that lent to people going, eh, I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, but then, I would I would grow that and I would meet people and I would um, network even at a young age and I would try to find ways to get in the ears of someone that could do something about it. Right. And uh, I, what was next? That was about when I, I did like a local, there was a record label out of, uh, where were they out of? They were out of Tacoma, I think, when I was still living in Oregon. Tacoma, Washington, which is the smaller of the two big cities in Washington state, uh, Seattle, Tacoma. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my first record label experience. They signed me and it ended up being like a, they, I don't know if it was a scam initially, but they ended up. In, <laughs> anytime, know, anytime you have to inject that, into a sentence. I I, let me let sure. me preface this Most by saying I don't, <laughs> well, <go ahead. laughs> I don't know if there was a scam initially, like Barbizon modeling agency. Some of okay, you probably gotcha, heard gotcha. of them. They'll bring you in. They'll take your photos. They'll uh, you know set you up with producers. It might right. be set you up with producers, but then you'd have to pay a fee. So there's the matter of trying to come up with money to pay oh, for all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. It was I a pay to play basically back before pay to play was a thing. Gotcha. And uh, they basically went bankrupt or imploded. I'm not sure which, because I never saw a dime from them. Wow. But I did uh, get to do a couple of shows and own my onstage uh, craft a little bit. That, I was still young. I was still 14, 15 years old. So before we get before we get too deep in, I do want to get to you know the part to where you decide you decided to walk away from that that grind mm. or that hustle and reinvent yourself. And uh, we can actually do that when we come back from part two. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are watching the Barefoot Alchemist podcast or listening. We're both available. We also want to thank Anchor FM for allowing this uh, platform to happen. And uh, if you'd like to get involved, you can send us a message. We'd love to hear from you at anchor.fm forward slash UA360 radio. Send us a message and we'll be able to either play that message or even if you want to submit your own original music, we'd love to have you as well. We'll be right back. Good evening. This is Will Robeson. This is Milan Rivera. And we have Urban Alchemy 360. Hey, yo, what up? It's your boy, Michael K. Williams. And right now you're chilling with Urban Alchemy 360. Stay up.
guest he's here and um man we're having a great conversation we're getting all caught up we got some uh kind of some his past history in the r&b field and um his shift and transition into something new and so i want to get into that welcome back Heath. thank you (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny you say uh transitions and reinventing myself I've done that so many times, brother. I can't even really, I can't narrow it down to one or two. There's probably three or four reinventions along the road. But I think the reinvention that you're speaking of is when I made a firm decision that I wanted to refocus my artistic entity into acting and voiceover. And You know, the commercial that we heard just a few spots ago, it was uh, Heath's uh, commercial reel actually and i wanted to talk more about that like how did you transition from r&b into vo and acting etc well i've always loved it i've always been interested in the on film uh, on camera and uh theater acting and when i decided to actually get serious about it 
there's only one person I could call for advice, and that was you. So <laughs> I call, <laughs> I called you, okay. and we talked. We talked in length about how I could get into it, and you told me one very simple thing: find your tribe, get on stage, get on stage often, and just and do the work. So that's exactly what I did. I went out and found uh, Act One Theater Group. And uh, our late director, Petra, who um, who died uh, from COVID during the pandemic. So wow. rest her soul. And uh, I started, I just started acting. I just threw myself into it. I started studying. I, all my life I've been studying actors, though, because I love film. I love television. I love the work, the behind the scenes. I'm the guy that sits and watches the special features before I watch the, oh, yeah. the feature like <laughs> That's the, that's the type of guy I am. I go to the DVD, to the Blu-ray, and go straight to the special features. I want to see how it was made. Yes. I want to see what choices they made while it was filming, not what was edited together. Right, so right. That's how, that's how I've always been. So I thought that this was a good opportunity for me to, you know, explore that and to uh, stretch those muscles. Um, I, did, I did a play called Sylvia, which is an off-Broadway play. The Broadway play stars Matthew Broderick as Greg. And I did that play with Act One, and I was Greg, the uh, uh, the main or the main protagonist, and it was a great intro into theater acting. I only had to sing a little bit, so it was just the one song when when Greg and his wife are going in different directions. They sing a little Rod a Rod Stewart song, I think it is. And I don't think Rod Stewart did it originally, but we did the Rod Stewart version. Anyway, okay. uh, I don't remember okay. the name of the song. It was a long, t- a long time ago, man. What I'm trying, to, what I'm trying to tell you, um, but it, it it fed something in me that hadn't been fed musically, and I was at a place at that time musically where I was tired of the music business. I was tired of the of having to fit into someone's box. I was tired of of never being this enough, or never being that enough, or being too much of this or too much of that. So I refocused all my energy into acting, uh, starting with theater, and then I did uh, some some extra work on some films. Uh, did a film called Silence with Michael Madsen in 2019. That was a lot of fun. A good experience wow. to be on set with that dude, and he was he was amazing. Um, and then voiceover. I said, you know, I never paid attention to voice actors growing up. Yeah, I loved cartoons. Yes, I loved all the things, and I knew that there were voices doing them. But I wasn't a fan of the actors because I didn't know who any of them were, aside from Peter Cullen and Frank Welker, the two, and and uh, uh, Mel Blanc, the right. three juggernauts in the voiceover animation business at the time. <laughs> and so I started doing my research, and I found a series of web videos, uh, YouTube videos called VO Buzz Weekly with Chuck Duran and Stacey J. Aswad. Uh, Stacey's an actor. She's a voice actor and an on-camera. She's most well-known probably for being the host of the uh, of the Disney uh, adventure, the Disney uh, experience at, at Disneyland. Um, she's the person that you'd see on your TV if you checked into a Disneyland hotel and you wanted to figure out what to do. And she's an amazing talent. And Chuck Duran is is a rock star. He's a he's the guy that voice actors go to if they want the best demo. Um, and so I basically just started forming relationships. I started engaging on their social medias. I started corresponding and having conversation. And uh, eventually got to the point and it, it took a couple of years to get from ground zero to demo ready for me so i did a lot of training a lot of school a lot of improv a lot of um workshops a lot of commercial acting sessions uh, you know just train i trained and trained and trained and i practiced and practiced and i book i was booking things here and there but i wasn't like a booking machine or anything like that got it uh but then I got to the point where I could, I was ready to make my demo. And Chuck was, oh man, Chuck was awesome. I'm not going to go into all the details surrounding that, but the process was 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 great. He was so, so hands on. the The copy was written specifically for me, um, and it was catered to my style, to mm. my sound, to my signature voice, and. 
I mean, it was because of that demo that I was able to get my first two uh, agents. So my my voiceover representation is a direct result of that commercial demo that you guys just heard. And I couldn't be more proud of it. And this community has been so accepting and so welcoming to me. Someone that has no business, uh, you know, just coming in and being accepted, but they have. They've right. accepted me with open arms. It's been the most supportive community I've ever been a part of. It made all it made 30 years in music seem like I wish I would have found this 10 years earlier, to be honest. Like, I mean, I, I sing and do voice acting still to this day. I still I'm still yes. working on another album. I'm not going to stop being creative because the business turned me off of of that. No, it's just you can you can outcreate these circumstances to reapproach yeah. these things in your on your own terms, and that's Absolutely. one of the one of the points of of being a barefoot alchemist is uh, having this unique ability to look at your life experience in a way that you ultimately fail forward, even if you've learned a valuable lesson. There's something that has pushed you into other areas of creativity, development, success and wellness, whether it's emotional or intellectual or just creatively. And so Absolutely. we wanted to kind of, we're glad you were able to have that story. I wanted to get, uh, before we, we take another break real quick, I do wanted to get to, I want to get to get a top three from you. Okay. One, from everything that you've learned so far, what are the top three do's go live with an attitude of gratitude that is my number one thing ever and i learned it by the by being a part of this community number one is attitude of gratitude yes number two is be of service so not only be thankful be thankful for the lesson be thankful for the wins and the losses because there's a there's a a, a a lesson to be learned in the loss and I don't consider it a loss. I just consider it really a growing opportunity. But be of service. Right. Like, it's not about you. And it took, as an R&B singer, it was all about me. So it was very hard for me to shift that focus from it not being about me for it to being about the project that I'm trying to be of service to. Right. So attitude of gratitude, number one. Number two, be of service. Number three, be a good fucking person. <laughs> Just be a good person. That's it. We've all had those times when we felt defeat hovering. But somehow, we found the strength to drown out the noise and the doubters. No matter how impossible it seems, we can always find our way back. Nike. Typical and Jeep are never said in the same breath. Do it all and then some in the new Jeep Gladiator. The truck built to take on any terrain. From Broadway to hip-hop and every genre in between. Whatever your mood or your jam, Spotify it. As a music producer, I have inspiration and ideas coming at me from all sides. My Dell Precision Mobile Workstation, which I like to call the beast, has the speed, power, and reliability I need to be free to create the kind of content I want from just about anywhere. Taco Bell is the greatest in the world. Oh, hey, it's time to go clubbing VIP style with sizzling hot bacon wrapped up in a fluffy as a cloud chalupa shell. You think you're ready, but are you really? The Bacon Club Chalupa, now at Taco Bell. Smart investors trust the TD Ameritrade mobile app. It puts the tools you need to manage your accounts, analyze market data, and place commission-free trades at your fingertips. When you know your value, you won't settle for anything less. Here are your top three don'ts. <laughs> number one, don't be an asshole. That's just number one. That okay. goes right hand in hand with be a good person. So if, if, if be a good person is in my top three of things to do, then the opposite of that would obviously don't be the opposite of that thing. Right. right? Gotcha. So number two, don't, don't ever, ever give up. Okay. Life is going to throw hurdles at you. Life is going to throw obstacles at you. Life is going to make you want to quit. Don't. Mm. Because that's your happy place. If your high is at the mic, then get in front of the mic. Even if it's just performing for you. Get in front of the mic. Do what you love doing because at the end of the day, it gives you peace of mind. 
It gives you a feeling of accomplishment. It gives you a feeling of uh, contributing. Mm. So don't quit. Never quit. No matter who tries to influence you otherwise. So don't be an asshole or don't. Don't be an asshole. Don't quit. And don't let other people dictate the value in yourself. Ooh. Other people, yeah. as artists, we're chasing the bag so much that we lose we lose track of the fact that other people can't place value on your skills and your talents and your gifts. Okay. I don't even think we should place value on it ourselves, except knowing that it's something that gives us value in our daily lives. Mm. So don't let anyone else dictate your worth. Ever. Wow. I can't think of a better top three. Let's go and go right up there. We appreciate you. Sit tight. We want to bring you back for just a second. Everyone who's watching, again, thank you for tuning in to the Barefoot Alchemist podcast. My name is Milan Rivera. I'd like to say we're going to post every Monday at 11 o'clock, but, you know, I'm a Libra, and sometimes I just don't feel like it. So we'll try to at least put a quality show together so we'll all have fun uh, for as long as we can. Again, we want to thank Anchor.fm for allowing this uh, this uh, platform and uh, if you'd like to hear more, if you'd like to get involved with us, if you'd like to be a guest, we'd love to have you. Um, and I will tell you how when we come right back. Oh, it's so good, girl. 
Welcome back. That's the blast from the past. <laughs> I tried to surprise you with one. Welcome back to the Barefoot Alchemist. I'm Milan Rivera. Uh, I'm so happy that you joined us. You know, recently we've had the pleasure to speak to one of the most underrated names in entertainment and voiceover, like Heath Martin. We can't fully explore someone's psyche in just 10 minutes, and so, which is why here at the Barefoot Alchemist, we have engineered a series of 17 questions, scientifically calibrated, to reveal the person's truest self, both to the audience as well as possibly themselves. In fact, a method so unique that both Ebony Magazine and Psychology Today have said, how did you keep contacting us? We don't know who you are. But did you know with Heath Martin beneath that chiseled jaw and washboard abs and probable porn history past beats the heart of a true multi-hyphenate artist, but do we really know him? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to truly know Heath Martin. Heath, are you truly ready to be known? I am truly ready, Milan. Ladies Fire away. Ladies and gentlemen, time to know Heath. Heath, what is the best sandwich? <laughs> the best sandwich that I've ever had is a pastrami on, <laughs> is a pastrami that I had in Brooklyn on a, from a street vendor. I don't know the name of the vendor. I don't know nothing about nothing. I think it was on Harkness Avenue. Uh, it was a little sandwich shop in the cut, and they had this thick-ass pastrami sandwich that was so good. Oh, my. It was so good. Best okay. sandwich ever. That's wrong. <laughs> name the one... Philly cheesesteak. Name the one thing... <laughs> name the one thing that you own that you really should throw out. Oh, <laughs> oh man my weight has fluctuated so much I got a bunch of clothes that are either way too big or way too small I should throw all that shit out and start over okay fair enough what is the scariest animal the scariest animal for me a spider but that's not really an animal but, it's an animal I mean, it counts it's in the kingdom if it's scary it's spider. I've seen spiders magnified yeah, that like big one. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. Things are no. terrifying if you ever like I don't, see their face in the. I don't do insects. I mean, I'm cool with snakes. I'm cool with rats. I'm cool with everything. I do not. I don't do insects. <laughs> okay. Next question: Apples or oranges? I like them both, man, for different reasons. I love oranges for the sweet, delicious, juicy flavor. And I love apples for the same reason, but I also love green apples because they take the mouth noises out, and so I don't have to use my D clicker so much when I'm recording. Well qualified, well qualified answer. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Have you ever asked someone else for their autograph? You know what? I haven't. Um, I've always believed that I want to be your colleague, not your fan. Mm -hmm. So I've never been an autograph chaser. I've received autographs just because I've had pictures and, and like keepsake type memorabilia okay. from my mentor, Steve Bloom, who's my friend and mentor. So an autograph from him is just him. Name dropper. <laughs> I love Steve. <laughs> hey, listen, if you go to my website and you'll see, you'll see my testimonials from some of my great mentors, although oh, I don't have one from Milan. I wish I did. So um, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, but no, as a general rule, I don't. I don't ask for autographs. I ask to for ways to get in the room with them. What is your favorite action movie? Golly, man, I love movies. So that's like saying, "What's who's your favorite kid?" And I got five kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, ask me some personal questions. That's why. Know. That's why we're here to know you. We are here. My favorite for you to be action known. flick. I, this could go multiple ways. My favorite action flick of all time is most likely The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but the, the the VHS tape that I wore out the most is Jean-Claude Van Damme's Bloodsport. I watched that movie on VHS probably a thousand times. Okay. I'm not okay. exaggerating. Probably a thousand times. So much that the tape wore out. Okay. So it's got to be up there. It's got to be honorable mention at least. <laughs> Window or aisle? 
window. Window, you don't mind disturbing the passengers as you get up to I don't keep going to the bathroom. When I'm flying, I, I, my flights, I tend to go to the bathroom before I get on the flight because I don't like using that little ass bathroom on the plane. Uh, and I try not to get up unless I absolutely have to, but I love to look out the window and see what I'm, what I'm flying over, see what's coming, dream big, feel like I'm among the clouds. Uh, uh, something about being in that window, see? Gotcha. Um, next question, Heath. What do you think happens when we die? Man, I, I, I don't know, but I really feel like our energy disperses and becomes energy for something new. Um, I don't, I used to believe in heaven and hell and all that with a church upbringing, but now I believe more in energy and just, mm. uh, frequencies, you know? So what is your favorite, favorite smell? I'm not going to say that. No, <laughs> my favorite smell is the smell of my wife's neck in the middle of making love. Um, no. <laughs> well, that's a valid answer and sure will score mad points with your wife. So but I but if you if you guys want like an answer that you can relate to, I love we I all love the smell. No, trust me, we, we all love the smell of your wife's neck. <laughs> I love the smell of, of uh of steak on the grill. I Got love it. that smell. Good smell, good smell. And your least favorite smell? Yeah. Probably vomit. Fair enough. Exercise. Because if I smell someone else throw up, I'm going to throw up, you know? So exercise. Is it oh, worth my it? My, oh, man. I love exercise when I have time to do it. <laughs> so the, okay. the key to that is make time, right? We all have to make time for the things that we want to do. So it's just an inevitability. True. So water, flat or sparkling? Flat and cold. Ah. I like my drinks cold, cold, cold. That's contrary to my profession, though. Because you're supposed to drink room temp water if you do stuff with your voice. Right. I like my shit cold. Sorry. Heath, what is the most used app on your phone? Oh, social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I, In what we do, I have to have a constant presence. So I'm constantly feeding that with whatever I'm doing, what I'm working on, mm -hmm. wins, losses, promoting other people's stuff. So what was the app? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The main, My main... Uh, the main ones social media apps next question you get one song to listen for the rest of your life oh wow what is it <clears throat> I Need You Now by Smokey Norfolk wow um I that like song is deep for me oh yeah and it's wow. it's moving and if I could only have one, it would be that. Although uh, that's the worst, most unfair question you could ever ask any any person that loves music. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right. Well, now. I try. <laughs> I try. So that's a great song. Fantastic. That's a great song. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. He said without hesitation. <laughs> what number am I thinking? <laughs> I was gonna my my first initial reaction was seventeen, but my second reaction was one. So I don't know. What Wrong. Are you thinking? Both three sixty. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Describe the rest of your life in five words. No. Oh. Trying to. Not become. Wow, that is very deep. That was improv right there, that brother. Was, that was. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, you have the privilege of now knowing Keith Martin. Yeah! Keith, you feel me? I feel me. But the honor is mine. <laughs> I am so honored. We're happy to know you for being here man i'm so thankful that you brought me on this is awesome uh, you know you're my brother i've loved you for a long long time we didn't even get into the story of how we met which is a story for another day shout out to the urban alchemy 360 network <laughs> shout out to the barefoot alchemist my Thank man you. 
Man, well, I appreciate you. Uh, well, tell us about your uh, upcoming projects and any social media handles, website, etc. And um, we'll let you have we'll let you have the floor. Go ahead, brother. All right. Well, I've got some things coming up. I've got a local animation project that I'm working on called American Kintsugi, which is in production right now, as well as a Star Wars podcast called uh, Knights of the Old Pu Old Republic Resurgence, which I play a, the Dark Lord of the Sith, Lord Terhar, which is fantastic, and the narrator. Um, I've got some other projects coming up that I can't quite talk about yet. I'm in a video game called The Killer Jin, which is available now on stream and Twitch and wherever you find video games, I suppose. Um, all my socials are the same, at HeathMartinVO. My website is HeathMartinVO.com. You can find access to all the music you just heard and what I'm working on and how to contact me and all that kind of stuff right there on my website and my socials. I'm pretty, I'm pretty engaged, and I respond to everyone. Unless you're here with foolishness, I'm not responding to shit. <laughs> we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Barefoot Alchemist. I'm Milan Rivera. Um, of course, the podcast itself is available on both video and audio if you just feel like listening in. And we're available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google uh, podcasts and over 30 other podcast outlets add us to your playlist why not if you want to send us a message to keep in touch with us or be a future guest we're welcoming you absolutely uh, and that's going to be anchor.fm forward slash ua 360 radio i'm milan rivera and we will see you next week what if we were entering into a new time a time when the very systems of control and commerce that we had believed to be the status quo were somehow no longer relevant. You are listening what to if we Urban were faced with a new media, 360. a new network, a new system that connected the people and places of the world in a new way. Urban Alchemy 360. What if that system is here? <laughs>